The Art of Everything with Bridget Masinga, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Lenitra, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I am told that you are literally taking a break uh, from your holiday in Mauritius to take this call. So I appreciate it very much. Yes, I'm happy to be here. It's great to meet you. Awesome stuff. I know you were just in the country. I I missed the lecture, but I know that you were in the country giving a a riveting lecture on when do Black Lives Matter, uh, Irma Stain's representation of black women in the global south. And this was part of an itinerary uh, hosted by the Joba Contemporary Art Foundation. But just by way of uh, introduction to our listeners, as I was saying, you are an award-winning scholar. You're an educator and your social justice advocate. And your primary area of of really focus is on um, art and social activism in Africa and the Jewish diaspora. Uh, Is there any particular reason why those regions and those cultures matter so much to you? Yes, absolutely. Well, I started looking at the intersections between these two diasporas when I was studying Irma Stern, the Mm. South African Jewish artist. And what I noticed in doing this research was that very often where you find black people who are struggling for justice and equality, Mm. you also find Jewish communities who are working with black communities for similar causes. Mm. And you can see in in art um, in the diaspora how black and Jewish communities have worked together and used art to advocate for social justice. Very interesting. You know, as uh, as you draw this uh, this sort of parallel link for me, I wonder, is it something that, you know, with the work that you've done and, and you've traversed uh, not just this continent, but, uh, you know, uh, a number of continents for, for research purposes, for work. Um, and I wonder, on the ground, is this something that you see sort of the links between the African and Jewish communities. Is it something that's that's quite visible in that intersection you speak of that plays out so beautifully in the art space? Um, yeah, I would I would actually kind of go back to my early childhood. Mm. Um, my, my mother is African-American and she um, attended a historically black college called Tennessee State University mm. in the U.S., And she studied at that university under some German Jewish refugee scholars. And these were scholars who are escaping um, anti-Semitism in Europe and historically black colleges welcomed them when other schools would not. And so she had an amazing opportunity to study with scholars Mm. um, who also pointed out the injustices of the American South. And so from that experience, she encouraged me to also seek out relationships with the Jewish community. And that's really kind of how I started thinking about these questions. Mm. But as someone who is an art historian, and I'm I'm teaching about African American art, South African art, very oftentimes, you see that these artists maybe didn't have access to the same opportunities, but were supported by members of the Jewish community, either people who patronized their work, Mm. who supported them by giving them access to gallery shows, and other opportunities. I got you. It is the voice of uh, Lenitra M. Berger. Uh, some parts of me, you know, having read your accolades, as, particularly as a re- research scholar and an advocate, I almost just want to automatically jump and call you Dr. Berger. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, you, you have 
a a a academic fascination with Irma Stain, who I'm only just finding out about because of of your lecture. Um, South African painter sculptor who did a lot of traveling on the continent to to capture uh, likenesses, and and this is somebody who really whose voice and contribution in the artistic world goes beyond just. Um, the work that she's left behind, but it, it it speaks volumes to sort of the conversation around community, around race, around gender, likeness, difference. Um, why is it, it's a name that most South Africans, I think even within, you know, the, the art spaces are not really synonymous with? Yes, this is a great question. So, a lot of people in South Africa haven't heard of Irma Stern yet, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's a, 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 a small arts community that we're in which she's very well known, but the majority, particularly Black South Africans, aren't really familiar with her work, mm. and that was something that I I encountered in doing my research, and something that I think really needs to change. And I think that this is an issue for many women artists who mm-hmm. are grossly underrepresented in museum collections and in the art historical literature. Mm-hmm. So part of the problem is just that women artists don't get their their, their exposure that they deserve. Mm-hmm. But Irma Stern, being a, a, a famous woman modern art art artist, mm-hmm. was someone who was, you know, really, really active um, in the Cape Town art scene and became extraordinarily famous. Her work sells for lots of rand Mm. um, these days. But even in the United States and Europe, people don't know who she is. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is unfortunate because her work studying black women, colored women, Jewish South Africans and the South African landscape really brings to the fore a lot of really important questions about race, identity, and justice in South Africa today and in the world. Yeah, and I was actually going to say, because, you know, I, I was doing some some reading sort of in prep of our conversation and, of course, uh, had um, a look at some of the work that she's got out there. And she, she firstly, she was a bit of a, I, I think for the time, if I'm assessing correct, she was a bit of a, rebellious I use the word very loosely a bit of a rebellious spirit who went against the norms um, after she got divorced she never remarried again and then spent some time traveling the country and beyond on her own and at the time that was unheard of for you know a single woman to be just living her best life I guess um, and then she had a then very particular sort of interest with localized communities in the regions that she found herself in. And a lot of the time that was portrayed in some of her work. Um, and I noted a lot of those communities as well were very indigenous tribal communities. Yes, yes. I think iconoclast is a great way to describe Irma Stern. Mm. She wanted to break barriers. She wanted to break all the rules. And she set the tone and defined who she was. And I think that that's a great lesson for any young artist to learn, especially black artists who need a lot of inspiration to, to persevere, mm. but also for anybody who's who's looking to blaze their own trail. That was definitely Irma Stern's MO. Um, I think that she really worked very hard to branch out mm. and get out into parts of South Africa where 
most white people didn't go. Mm. So she was in places and in black communities and painting black women in particular at a time when that wasn't socially acceptable. And so there's a lot of controversy about Irma Stern's representations of black women that mm. that is an important to part of the conversation. But I also think that simply the fact of her going to these communities and reaching out is we, we need to give her credit for that and really think about what it took for a woman of that time, mm. a white Jewish woman, to do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. And and as you say that and point that out, uh, I'm reminded that I read somewhere that actually a lot of her work was considered indecent by, you know, the law authorities of the time. And at one point or another, she was under investigation. Yes, her work was was very controversial. The, the the ways in which she painted black women were uncommon earlier in her career. Mm. And that really made people feel uncomfortable to see black people on canvas that way and to think of black people as subjects of of art instead of, you know, just ornaments in the landscape. Mm. And so she was really bringing black lives into the artistic space mm. in ways that had been unimagined up to that point. Yeah. And when we speak about Black Lives, it is the voice of uh, Lenitra M. Berger, who you are hearing. Um, and she was in the country just recently, about a week or so ago, as part of a series of lectures being hosted at the Joburg Contemporary Art Foundation, which, by the way, is uh, one of the newest contemporary art spaces in, in the city. Uh, the first nonprofit art institute of its kind actually to open in recent years. And she gave a lecture uh, titled, When Do Black Lives matter uh irma stains or uh, irma stein's uh representation of black woman in the global south and i think for me the point of departure for your lecture was your emphasis on when do black lives matter because we've had a lot of conversations of recent about you know black lives matter we've seen a lot of movements between our two continents and our two communities um and and we've seen a lot of artists especially the younger artists there's been a lot of discourse around you know representation uh black bodies the right to black bodies uh, the authority over black bodies the politicizing of black bodies but all these conversations i beg to to ask you say well when do they all matter because it seems like they don't matter all the time Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We say the phrase Black Lives Matter, especially in the United States. We have signs out in lawns. But when do they actually matter? Do they matter when it's time to give someone a promotion? Do they matter when you see someone across the street who's black and cross the street? Mm. Do they matter when you're in a museum and you don't see any black people patronizing the museum, but you see black people on the canvas? Mm. So for me, that when is a really important part of moving ahead in terms of social justice and moving towards equality. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of, I, I guess, sort of your through your work and your research and, and just your observations, um, you know, what is the discourse then I guess we should be having that is more inclusive and inclusive more regularly so that there is no particular period when a black life matters more doesn't matter? I think that's such a great question. And I think that it's really important 
for us as a society to think about the kinds of difficult conversations that we can have through art. Mm. It's also important for people to understand that museums and galleries are institutions just like governments. Mm. And so we have a right to access those institutions and we have a right to be in museum spaces and to consume art and to have those conversations. And there's many times when you may have experienced this yourself as a supporter of the arts. Mm. You go to a museum and there's not a lot of black people or people of color in the museum mm. because we've been historically excluded from those spaces. And that means that we're not fully participating in society and in public debate if we do not patronize museums. Mm. And so one of the things that's really important for me and in this book is that people understand who Irma Stern is, mm. but the end of my book actually hands the baton over to the young black South African artists who are also trying to understand who Irma Stern was and how she impacts their work. Mm -hmm. So for us to not only go to museums, but to support black artists, to buy their work, to talk about their work, to give them opportunities to engage both at home and abroad, mm. these are really critical ways that we can move this conversation beyond just platitudes mm. and more towards a deeper engagement with the real issues. There's parts of me that wishes that you had been um, a part of a walkabout that I attended about two weekends ago. There is a private collection that has just gone up at one of the auction houses and it's called The Present Future. Uh, a beautiful collection of contemporary African uh, and in particular South African artists. And the the guest that was invited, who is a scholar of the arts himself, a writer and author with a very personal relationship to artists and as well as just creators over probably the last four decades, posed a very interesting um, angle and you know in, in in discourse about another artist that was exhibiting as part of the collection he then highlighted the fascination and I'm paraphrasing now the fascination that African artists are finding themselves inhibited by when it comes to blackface um, you know and he sort of very boldly declared that he's quite nauseated by by all the expression of blackface and he's quite ready for it to to be done with uh, in this particular period um and i wonder you know if if you had been part of a room <laughs> where where such a, a remark was was even hinted towards what would your rebuttal or your response be so so let me just make sure i understand so this artist is talking about blackface minstrelsy Yes, yes. And, and blackface representation on canvas, um, you know, as we see it now playing out with, with young artists. I see. Yes. Well, certainly blackface minstrelsy and, and, and the use of, of, of blackface in, in pop culture certainly has been taken way out of context mm. in, in many circumstances. But I think that the understanding of the history of blackface and its role in promoting white supremacy mm. is still not fully understood. Mm. So I, while I don't condone people using blackface without t contextualizing it, mm. um, I do think that we are missing an important part of the history of how blackface minstrelsy is used. Mm. And until we really understand how much blackface minstrelsy was part of 
what supported a culture that denigrated black people by mm. making fun of them and calling them buffoons and making their features look exaggerated, mm. then we don't really fully understand aspects of our own po popular culture that still exist. Mm -hmm. So I really think that we should lean into these difficult questions yeah. and, and really discuss them rather than, than move away from them. They can feel very uncomfortable in mm. the moment, but that's how we make progress. So true. Um, just as we prepare to wrap up the conversation uh, with Lenitra, who uh, has presented an interesting, interesting lecture. And of course, uh, she is a uh, published author. Two books um, that you were currently working on that are, are now finished, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, they're both finished now. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about, and are they both centered around the, the legacy and contribution of uh, Irma Stain? No, so actually they're they're connected, but they're very different to you. Okay. The, the Irma Stern book um, is focuses on the life and legacy of Irma Stern, the artist. Mm. The second book is actually an edited book about international education and the importance of study abroad and cultural exchange and infusing social justice into international education. Mm -hmm. So that's an edited book that I've commissioned a series of authors to write articles about this particular topic. And it's it's connected to my research as an art historian. Mm -hmm. Since I'm advocating for social justice within art history, I've traveled the world, I've lived in South Africa and, and, and Berlin doing research. Mm. And in all those spaces, I've seen very few people like myself who have been doing similar things. Mm -hmm. And that's because we've been conditioned as people of color, not to be curious about the world around us. Yeah. And that's one way in which our worlds are, are, are constrained and made smaller because we don't see how there, that there are other ways of living in other parts of the world. So this book, this edited book, is more focused on how can we expand study abroad opportunities mm. so that people can have the, the, the chance to get out of their communities and really start to reflect on how they've been raised and mm. what they believe. Mm. I think there's a very interesting conversation that is happening um, on the continent right now with young African creators and artists where, as you say, they really are uh, in in many ways having these difficult conversations and bringing to the fore, I think, issues around uh, gender, social injustices and inequality um, and, and very much unpacking the, the physical as well as the figurative um, you, you know, challenges and op oppressive systems that inhibit our lives, our bodies um, and our social construct. Uh, have you found these conversations to to be really progressive and really engaging and maybe even uh, resulting in some kind of solutions for, for us as individuals and as a collective, both on the continent and I guess on the diaspora because our histories are really connected. Yes, I have. I have. I found that Africa in general, there's such an energy of creativity and entrepreneurship and and just a, such a, a, a thirst for learning that I really appreciate every time I come. And we in the United States, black people have been so connected and, and, and yearning for that to make that connection back to Africa almost since the time we, we arrived as slaves in the United States. But I really remember as a child thinking about Nelson Mandela when he was in prison mm. and 
listening to people talk about whether or not he was actually alive in jail Mm -hmm. and whether or not he would ever be released. And so for me, I see the conversation is always connected to the continent and Mm -hmm. what's going on throughout the continent and how we in the United States can take that energy, can take that thirst for independence Mm -hmm. and thirst for creativity and, and really internalize that and make progress ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just to sort of uh, wrap it up, uh, uh, Lenitra, um, I, th- I should have asked this a, a little while ago, but I'm going to double back to it. When we go back to Irma's work, um, you know, the representation of black women through through her lens and her canvas, what have you found that was most interesting, either commonalities or even, you know, you know, differences? There's somewhere where I read where you had juxtaposed, I think it was in your lecture, where you had juxtaposed the the story and the history of your grandmother versus one of uh, Irma's paintings. Yes. So the title of my book is Irma Stern and the Racial Paradox of South African Modern Art. And that paradox stems from Stern being incredibly interested and curious and attracted to black women and and those communities in which she painted. Mm. But fundamentally, being someone who believed in the status quo of of racism, segregation and apartheid. Mm. So how could this woman feel so welcomed and supported and 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 eager to join black communities and paint black women Mm. while also believing that they were inferior to her so yeah i think that this is this is really the important paradox of of the book and also about why she she painted black women the way that she did so in the lecture i talk about my own grandmother who was um, living in segregated Alabama in the U.S. South mm. and herself worked as a domestic in a, in a home. And I compared a painting that Stern made of uh, a maid in uniform is the title of the painting yeah. with my own grandmother and talked about the similarities of their lives in the 1950s, one in South Africa, one in segregated Alabama mm. and how difficult it would have been for both of them to have meaningful, fulfilling lives in the face of intense segregation and racism. Mm-hmm. You you just said something now that sparked a thought because in my mind I was thinking um, as as you described sort of um, you you know the the analysis and the research of of your book and as we talk about these two paintings and I'm thinking well I to some degree. The life of Irma Stain and her approach to her subject matter and ultimately her work um, and the and sort of the, the, the contradictions of her own personal lives, it, it kind of speaks very similar to what we see with cultural appropriation at the moment, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of people have made that observation in, in reference to, to Stern's work. Um, and I think that this is really an important thing for everybody to be thinking about. We all live contra- contradictions. We, we all have things that we think are, are wonderful. And at the same time, we might be doing something that's the complete opposite. And these, it's important for us to really interrogate those and, and, and think about those. And, you know, Irma Stern is, is no different. So mm. the, the ways in which she manifested those, those contradictions were through her artwork. And cultural appropriation is something that we, we really, as, as, a, as, a, as a 
culture have been just unfortunately really um, it's it's really made it difficult for us to have conversations about blackness, black mm. identity, because it reduces black culture to two dimensions. Mm. And when people consume it in those ways and are not mindful of the history, it makes it much more challenging to talk more deeply about what's happening. Lenitra, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, you've really just schooled us and enlightened us uh, on so much more than uh, Irma Stain's contribution to the world of art. But I think you've sparked some thoughts within us as listeners of SAFM. Um, and please, I, I, I pass on my sincere thank yous and appreciation to your family and your husband for allowing you to take some time during your vacation to uh, to just conduct a little order of business much appreciated and we'll definitely catch up with you when you are back in south africa yes thank you so much i really appreciate the conversation awesome stuff that was uh, lenitra and berger award-winning uh, scholar and uh, educator uh, she's got uh, two books out that uh, you can definitely go and get your hands well get a copy in your hands it is a friday after all you know how we say on the show every so often the closer it gets to midnight the more the english just runs away with us uh, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, as we prepare to wrap things up we have a quick catch up with the guys at altitudes and find out about this uh, prize that they are awarding in celebration of women artists in South Africa.